How do you decide when to stop the roast? When coffee is roasting, chemical compounds are formed and degraded constantly. Acidity, sweetness, bitterness, aromas, it's a very lively process. A lot is going on. Ten seconds later, and the flavors has changed. So it's very important when you stop the roast. You're listening to the podcast Coffee Roasting Navigated. My name is Therese Brunstedt. This is a podcast about all the differences in coffee roasting. Coffee roasters go by different things to decide when to stop the roast. Some stop when the bean temperature reaches a certain point. Some goes by color. Some count the time from when first crack starts. Others until the onset of second crack. And then there's the dark, dark side, who roast until the oils comes out. This podcast is not arguing one right way, but it's about looking into the different ways of doing it. I'm curious. When I meet a coffee roaster, I ask what he or she goes by. What do they base their decision on? The decision to stop the roast. In this episode, I'm interviewing Morten Rischier. I know him because we are both taste judges in a sensory panel for coffee professionals. Once I asked him how he decides to stop the roast. He goes by smell only and talked about how the smell of fried onions had to be gone. Wow, very interesting. I have never thought of onions in the smell from the roasting process. But I'm curious. So I asked if I could join him one day when he was roasting, and then he could point out the smell to me, so I could pick it up. I had just started thinking of doing this podcast, so I brought my recorder. We talk Danish together, but I also made an interview in English for you. The sound you heard to begin with was him taking the trier in and out during the roast to smell the beans, and him talking about what flavors he could smell. We are roasting 12 kilos Colombia on a ProBad L12 roaster. The roastery is called Amaka. It's north of Copenhagen in Denmark. They also have an automatic 60 kilo roaster. But the ProBad is an old school gas roaster, where you manually turn the flame up and down. The automatic roaster stops when the beans reaches a certain temperature. On the ProBad, the human decides when to open the door by hand and let the beans out in the cooling tree. First, I asked Morten to introduce himself. Uh, my name is Morten. Uh, I'm a coffee roaster at uh, Amoka Coffee Roasters. Um, I've been working here almost uh, three years. And for how long have you been roasting coffee? Uh, around seven years. The reason why I wanted to come here today and roast together with you was because I asked you what 
what determines when you stop the roast because I've discovered that roasters have many different approaches. Is it the time? Is it the temperature? Mm. And you said smell and mm. you say you stop it when it stops smelling like onions. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But you didn't start out with that. No. No, I, I started out with the with the thermometer and the and the clock as many others and then I went uh, to try to go with my gut feeling. You started noticing the smell and maybe you could now describe what do you um, what are the different phases to you when you you take the beans out with a trier and smell them during the roast and mm. can you describe the first to start with it's like hay like in the smell. Yeah, of course the the green smell is like peas and hay and uh, then it goes uh, yellow and the smell starts to to fade uh, um, and then when it turns uh, light brown then the magic begins and then we have uh, early stages of Maillard we have early stages of caramelization then we get the the cinnamon the cardamom the toffee the uh, light chocolate notes um, all these fantastic uh, spicy f- flavors and now we're approaching first crack now we're approaching first crack and and uh, and now is the time to to determine which direction you want to go because whenever you determine a smell you you like to emphasize then you turn your roaster down and try the to heat, the you, heat down. yeah you tu- turn the heat down and try to um, or stay the airflow or, or whichever roaster you're using and try to stay there try to to keep it for a while try to to emphasize this uh, particular flavor and then we come to the onion part when mm. when does that does mm. it come after first crack has started um, the the roasted onion uh, so it's roasted onion it's not ro- raw no onion. no no it's roasted onion and it it's like um, it's like after the the first crack or yeah just after the first crack and um, and it it never comes at the same time it 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 it's determined by uh, the choices you made before mm-hmm. uh, this phase uh, but it always comes and you want to get past that because if you take the coffee out before or during this it just never tastes good and i can't really explain why but I it works. D- but but for me it's uh, it's just like uh, my empirical uh, <laughs> approach uh, approach i have very deep respect for you using your <laughs> taste sense and your smelling to to find this Well, you also, um, when we were roasting today, we roasted one Ethiopian and one Colombia coffee. And we, you also look at the surface of the coffee. It, when you're during the roast, it starts to get like a bit create a moon, la- la- moon landscape mm. or like turtle uh, surface. And at some point it's kind of even and it's uh, a nice surface. Mm. Um, and you also use that to look how the, the roast process and progress and what you want to achieve i can tell you that uh, for the Ethiopian coffee, it's grown at a very high altitude in Sidamo. It's a very high quality and therefore high density. Um, to bring out the sugar, to bring out the caramelization in this bean, it doesn't need to be even on the surface. If I should wait until the Ethiopian is even on the surface, then it would be almost, uh, not almost, it would be too roasted. So for the Ethiopian, 
I, I need to I need there to be a little uh, of the turtle surface. But for the Colombian coffee um, that we roasted um, as the second one, I know that the the sugars are not uh, developed enough if I if I uh, take the coffee out before uh, it's it's even in the color. And you can almost when you look at the color at the yeah not only the surface but but um, uh, at the color you can see almost. Uh, shiny surface when the sugar start to be uh, developed enough. So when it looks like matte, then so it's then it's not developed enough in this in the in the sugar. Uh, and department. is it because it's we're not talking shiny like when the oil comes out. No, this no, is no, no, much no. earlier. So this is because the surface is so uh, even that it kind of reflects the light in a way. Yeah. It's reflections. You can say that. You can say it's almost like uh, tiny crystals that makes uh, the the light uh, go into a rainbow color. Uh, like you you have this uh, this typical crystallization. Uh, Well, the, I guess that's what people call shiny. Today we roasted one Ethiopian and one Colombian coffee. Did you uh, look at the time? Because I thought the Colombian, it was at one point, it was at 17 minutes, but I think mm. maybe it went on 18. And yeah, it could be. And uh, usually I would not aim for that. This is my first time roasting this particular coffee. Now I learned that it was a little too long. So next time I would drop it in at a higher temperature I would uh, turn it down before but this was like a test uh, roast but when that said then the timer should not determine when your coffee is good your nose and your tasting should determine when a coffee is good so if you're in doubt then you are using your uh, timer too much Then you need to get back to basics. You need to get back to your uh, to your body, your senses, and when you feel comfortable with that, then you can start uh, adding the timer to your instruments, uh, your toolbox, how to speak. Uh, so the toolbox should be full of your uh, senses first of all. Um, and of course, I acknowledge that that people need timer and thermometer to uh, to get comfortable with your senses so whichever order you want to do this in is up to your your own uh, temper or personality so to speak but you should always aim for in my point of view uh, you should always aim for getting your own senses into that toolbox and uh, believe in them and uh, be comfortable with I noted that at one point you used timer and temperature, and that is all in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's what I call, I've learned to call it turning point, and you learned to call it bottom out. Try yeah. and say what you're, how you use it there in the beginning of the roast. From the drop-in uh, to the turning point or bottom out, I uh, found out that uh, I like there to be one one and a half minute between these two phases. That so gives a, uh, the best result for me. If it's too short, then uh, I have uh, I can have difficulty getting the the um, the proper curve in the temperature rise later on. And if it's too long, then yeah, the same. Uh, it's too quick. Yeah, it's too slow. it it is. It just uh, when I have this uh, 1.5 minute, then um, 
I know that I can control the curve and the roasting in a much uh, easier way. You um, told me that you're usually uh, are around 11 minutes when your first crumb crack comes. Yeah, I think maybe it it can be 11, it can be 12, but I I it's very rare that I look at the timer when the first crack begins because the timer for me is the uh, of course the the total roasting time and then the the first phase from drop in to uh, bottom out temperature. Um, and apart from that, I'm not really using the timer. You're uh, going by so smell. I'm going by smell, and of course, I know my roasters now. So I know that this machine we were roasting on today, I know that, okay, the first crack will be around this temperature. Mm-hmm. And then I I, I I try to turn the, temp- the, the heat down before the first crack. Um, Just a few so degrees at, before. So at that at that point, I used the, the thermometer. Yeah. Ah, cool. I wanted to roast together with Morten to see if I could pick up the smell of fried onion that he talked about. And I could. I could smell it during the roast when Morten pointed it out to me. It was not clear to me that it was exactly fried onions but surely a wrong smell for coffee. And I can recognize it now when I'm roasting on my own roaster. After the onion smell had disappeared, Morten could smell other flavors. I couldn't pick those up, but that doesn't worry me. There's a lot going on in the smell of coffee. It's a matter of training to spot aromas. And we humans are not alike. We don't perceive aromas in the same way. When we roasted the Colombian coffee, this was what Morten could smell in the last minutes. What would we like to taste in this coffee? Maybe some kind of white chocolate and raspberries. He smells and says, it's close to chocolate and raspberry. Maybe we go with that. That's a good combination. If I make filled chocolate, I like this together. Time says 17 minutes and temperature 181 degrees Celsius. First crack was around 170 degrees. No, we just hold our horses. Some development is still going on, despite the time. It's the first time I roast this coffee. Now it's going out. It's perfect. Now it smells of Toblerone chocolate. The white chocolate has disappeared. change, we got to the chocolate flavor that I had expected. Difficult to say what comes along of fruity notes. Time will show. It's not everything that you can smell during the roast. In the last seconds of the roast, Morten said that the beans smelled of Toblerone chocolate. That's a milk chocolate with caramel bits in it, honey and almonds. 
I couldn't pick it up when Morten could smell it. Now it's two weeks ago. Morten gave me a bag of this coffee, and I have just started drinking it. It's a darker roast degree that I'm used to. This needs milk to me. But one thing surprised me. I can taste Toblerone chocolate in it, just like Morten predicted. Wow! I will definitely practice this. Smelling the bean after the first crack has started. It's not something you can or not on day one. It's something you can build up over time with practice and hold up against how the coffee tastes when brewing. I have to investigate how it works for the flavors I'm looking for when roasting. Like I said, I roast lighter than Morden. That's a different world. That's it for this episode. If you want more about roasting by smell, write it to me. If there's a strong request, I could make another episode at some point. Write it to me under review for this podcast in iTunes or in the Facebook group for this podcast. It's called Podcast Coffee Navigated. If you yourself roast by smell, and if you want to share what smells you navigate by, let us know. Then I could include it in a coming episode. For the next episode, I got an interview for you about using color to decide when to stop the roast. You can subscribe to this podcast on your smartphone in your podcast app. Search for Coffee Roasting Navigated. Or you can find it on the website coffeenavigated.net slash podcast. My name is Therese Brunstad. Some people drink coffee to get through the day. Others get through the day to drink good coffee.